Hello, 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 everyone. I hope you are all safe and safely quarantined and social distanced, maybe grabbing some Netflix binging, working from home, working out how do you wear sweats every day without completely giving up on yourself. I get it. I'm there. So I put these together for you guys during the social distancing quarantine times for you guys to just get a little community, get a little fun, get a little positivity while you're going about your day. So this episode is the second annual JDRF Dallas social media influencer panel, and it features some of my favorite, favorite, favorite people with diabetes. First of all, Christelle Oram from Diabetes Strong, who's been a regular on this podcast, a big fan of hers. Dave Holmes of the Homophilia Pod, writer for Esquire, awesome dude, legend, absolute legend, love him to death. We got Amshie Stevenson. I always call her Stevenson. I have to actually look up her real last name now. I'm so sorry, Amshie. It's Humphrey, Amshie Humphrey of the Living Diabetter blog. And of course, my buddy, Andrew Sly Fox from the Sly Fox family. A Sly Fox, not Sly Fops, Sly Fox family YouTube channel. Uh, they offer some amazing insights and they all came to Dallas back in February before all this crazy coronavirus started and we had an awesome panel. So what you're about to hear is... About an hour of what a panel at a JDRF event sounds like with some of your favorite people with diabetes. I'm presenting this episode without a sponsor, and I'll just caveat that with this episode is non-sponsored, but I'd like you guys to try to support a diabetic-owned business during this difficult time. Small businesses are getting hit really hard. There's still a need for supplies. There's a lot of companies that have been sponsors of this podcast, Type Zero Health uh, with the pre-workout. Uh, skin grip, uh, many others. Support them where you can. Uh, this is a difficult time. There's a lot of uncertainty. And community is the one thing, uh, socially distant community, online community, connection can bring us all together. So I'd like to encourage you guys to do what you can to support a diabetic-owned business during this difficult time. And with that, we'll get back to the episode. This is the Social Media Influencer Panel from Type 1 Nation, JDRF Dallas 2020. Enjoy. All right. Hey, everybody. Ooh, that's a little bit hot. The mic's hot. Um, just wanted to welcome you guys and say thank you for, for being here and supporting JDRF Dallas. Uh, my name is Rob. I'm going to be the moderator of this session. This is uh, my social media influencers who are coming up here and sitting down uh, are my friends from the Diabetes Online community. And this is the platform that JDRF Dallas has been so gracious to give me the last, this is now our third year of hosting a social media panel. Um, and I just wanted to express my gratitude to JDRF Dallas for uh, you know, giving me this platform and believing in me over these last four years. Um, what are we here for? Uh, I, I'm Rob Howe. I'm uh, the host of the Diabetics Doing Things podcast and uh, my own social media platforms uh, re regarding diabetes and associating with diabetes. And these are some of my friends from the Diabetes Online community. And I actually know them in real life as well, which is, uh, which is great. When you get to meet your internet friends uh, in person, uh, crazy things happen. People realize how much taller I am uh, in real life than I am online. Uh, it's a very jarring experience. I think I can speak for most of you. So um, I did want to say just, again, thank you for JDRF Dallas. To you guys who are here, 
you represent like the 1% of the diabetes population in that you knew about this event, you attended it, you, you came to be here and spend time in the diabetes community to learn, meet people and get involved. And that makes you very special. So thank you for coming. Welcome. Before we talk about anything, something I always do before my talks is to say the same thing that my doctors told me on day one with diabetes, which was uh, whatever dreams you have for your life are still within reach. They are still valid as long as you take care of your diabetes. So um, if you leave with nothing else from this entire conference today, that's something that I want to make sure that you hear. Um, it's possible. I've done it. These people are doing it. Uh, come up and talk to us. We're also going to give you time, guys time to ask questions uh, at the end of this sort of panel. So um, with that, uh, I'd love to hand over the mic to my amazing guests. I stand on the shoulders of giants. These people are so much cooler than I am. Uh, so I'm going to let them take it away and introduce you guys to this awesome panel. Great. Hello, everyone. Uh, I am Dave Holmes. I can't possibly live up to that. Um, I am a, uh, I'm a writer, a performer, I'm an editor at Esquire Magazine, um, and I was diagnosed uh, five years ago in my early 40s. Hello. Oh, okay. My name is Amshi Humphrey, and I was diagnosed when I was 18 back in 2011. And at the time, I was playing volleyball, so it was just a huge shock. So I took to social media about five years ago to share my story. But full time, I work as a social media manager at a public relations firm here in Dallas. Hey, everyone. My name is Crystal Orom. That sounds weird because it's Danish. Um, I've been living with diabetes since '97. So a few days, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's been a while. Anyway, um, you can find me on diabetesstrong.com, which is my platform. It's both a website as well as social media because that's what we do. Um, I am, the reason why I got involved is basically because I was super active. I couldn't find the information out there, so I created it, and that is me. <laughs> Awesome. What's up, guys? Uh, my name is Andrew Slyfox on the internet. Um, I'm a full-time YouTuber and Instagram person. <laughs> I don't say personality, but I don't know if that works. I think that's like a TV personality kind of thing. But that's what I do. Um, and I'm also a type 1 diabetic. Go figure. Uh, this year will be 22 years. So I remember when I first met Rob, I was like, yeah, I'm officially an adult. You know, my diabetes can have a drink. And we were excited. So, <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, yeah, so uh, 22 years, um, full-time travel with my family. My beautiful daughter, Jaden, is actually here with me today. Woo -woo! She's uh, been an incredible supporter. She Yes, she gives me shots sometimes, which is awesome. But um, that's what we do. Awesome. Well, for those of you like who are here, today's session is about diabetes social media. Uh, so I want you guys to feel free to ask questions uh, towards the end. I'll call on you guys from uh, from the audience. But uh, let's talk a little bit about how you guys individually got involved uh, with the diabetes online community. I think I often talk to people and say that we're diagnosed twice, once when the doctor tells us and once when we kind of take it on personally and really opt into uh, our life with diabetes. And that was true for me. So I'd love to hear some stories about how you guys discovered this community online that ultimately ended you up uh, here. Okay. Uh, for me, it happened almost immediately because, as I said, I was diagnosed as an adult. Um, I had the uh, the thing that is fairly common where in my mid-30s, I went for a regular checkup. I had a high-ish A1C, and my doctor was like, this is type 2 diabetes. And it didn't really make sense for me because I was really active. 
And, you know, I mean, I had and have a few extra pounds. My diet, definitely, there was room for improvement. But I, I had, this was literally the week after I had done the New York City Marathon. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. But he put me on metformin. I did that for years until 2015 when I got real sick. Lost a lot of weight, was in the bathroom constantly. Like all the things that we know as type 1 diabetes. Um, so I took myself to an endocrinologist, got the battery of tests. I was misdiagnosed. I went on insulin. Things got great right away. But my diabetes educator and my endocrinologist both said, first thing you do, find a community. Go, go like go on meetup.com. There's always like a happy hour or something. And and I knew that I needed it, but I was also a, a, a grown man. And as grown men, we get messages throughout our lives that asking for help is, there. there's weakness to it or there's vulnerability to it or it's self-indulgent or something. Um, so I, I resisted it at first. Um, but I did start searching around Twitter and Instagram for other adult diabetics, just literally just to see like, is this person alive? Like, can this person run? Can this person, like what, what do they do at dinner time? Like all of the basic questions that I really had um, and I found a, a bunch of great people. Uh, and I finally did get over myself and go to a, a meetup um, where I met uh, a guy named Craig Steubing. Uh, all of these people who I mentioned you should follow. At Craig Steubing, who started a thing called Type 1 Run, at Type 1 Run, which is a runner's group for uh, people who have, uh, who have Type 1. They have chapters all over the world. Um, and I, I found that in my own personal life, on my Twitter feed, on my Instagram, in my writing, I started to reference it a little bit because it became a part of my life. And when I did that, um, other people from other areas of my life uh, kind of came out of the closet to me. I had a lot of people that I knew who I didn't know were diabetic, but who had had the exact same experience as I did. And, uh, and I told them the same thing that my endocrinologist told me, which is go and find a community. And they, like me, said, yeah, I don't know about that. And so, so I found that it is even more important just to post about this stuff and to make it a part of your life. It doesn't need to be your entire Instagram presence. It can be. Um, but just acknowledging these things, uh, there's strength in that. And, and other people can, can look at it and see that you are alive and that you made it through dinner and that you made it through a long run. And it makes their lives better. So it's kind of just, it's, it's become a part of my kind of presence. Same, um, I was diagnosed when I was 18, so later in life, and I was one of the healthier kids in my family, and I was playing volleyball athletics, super you know, involved with that, and all of a sudden, just bam, it just hit me. So I was misdiagnosed at first, and being on a college campus at the time, the doctor on campus was like, oh, you, you know, you have a urine problem, you know, it, it's not diabetes, but one of my former teammates had type 1 diabetes, and so I kind of self-diagnosed myself, and I was like, I'm peeing a lot, I'm, you know, always thirsty, I'm losing all this weight, but being in two days at volleyball, I was like, oh, I'm just getting fit, you know, freshman 15 can't, you know, hold me back, so... <laughs> um, it wasn't until Thanksgiving I went home for, um, Thanksgiving with my family, and I had an accident, and so I immediately went to the um, gynecologist. We did a urine sample, and she was like, "Oh my God, you need to go to the emergency room. You your sugar's like at 402." And you know, I was like, "What does that mean?" And but I immediately knew it was you know type one diabetes. So I went to the hospital. Luckily, my mom works at a hospital. Hey, mom. <laughs> Big shout out for moms. Right so now. I didn't have to wait. So it was just right on in the ER, and so that's when I got diagnosed. But 
it wasn't until I think two years after my diagnosis is when I fully accepted the fact that I had type one. I was ashamed. I was like, how can this happen to me? I'm super active. And it, it wasn't until I found Instagram um, and Twitter until I started sharing my story. And I feel like that's when I owned up to the fact that I had type, type one. And so I think being a woman of color, it was hard for me to find like a voice and find someone who I could relate to. So I was like, I guess I'll just take it upon myself to you know, stop being so selfish and share my story. And that's when everyone started DMing me and say, oh my God, I love your story, thanks for sharing. And so I feel like I'm the voice of the people who are still ashamed. And so, um, and I don't think I shared my handle, but at Living Diet Better, follow me on Instagram. But I feel like now I'm not ashamed of who I am. I have to accept the fact that I have type one, but how do I cope with it? How do I go to work every day working the crazy social media hours? And so that's, kind of my story. Cool. Thank you. Okay. So I guess mine is a little different. So again, I was diagnosed back in 97. So I did not have a cell phone because that was kind of before the cell phone, you know, the flip phone comes out, came out. Um, so that means there was not really any social media as such. Um, There's probably some forums here or there where you could write some code and get in, but you know, I didn't do that. So diagnosed in 97, I kind of just went on with my life. You know, I had diabetes and there you go. And I did that for about 15 years. And then about, well, I guess five, seven years ago, I started becoming very, very active in the sense I've always been an active girl, but I kind of started, you know, I moved to California where I live now. <laughs> and yes, it was awesome. Um, and I was down in Venice and Venice Beach and you have all these fit people running around. I'm looking, I go, oh my God, this is amazing. I want this for myself. Nothing to do with diabetes. It was just like, they were super fit and that was fun. So I started that. So I started exercising and all these things and realized that's really hard with type 1 diabetes. You probably know that, most of you. you know, there's the high and the lows that comes with that. And I couldn't find the resources of, well, how do I manage this? All I got was a pamphlet saying, eat 15 grams of carbs. Not helpful. Not helpful at all. Uh, at least not nuanced enough. So I started writing, you know, just documenting my own journey, not because I necessarily thought anyone would be interested. Turns out people were because these resources were not out there. So that's kind of how I also started the social media um, accounts that came with all the writing I did. And that's actually what all I do right now. I run diabetesstrong.com and the social media. So long story to how I got to um, social media, but what I found is that I didn't think I had anything to offer in the sense I was like, well, I just somebody living with diabetes. But we all are, and we all have different experiences and different things that we bring to the table, right? So just me posting about, well, today I went to the gym, I love my weight, so this is what I did. Just me documenting that, and I'm not giving medical advice because I'm not a medical doctor, blah, 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 all those things, right? Um, but just me sharing means that other people can look at that and go like, oh, that might be different the way that they, what they're doing, or it might just be hey, I can actually exercise with type 1 diabetes. And I have some people reaching out to me going like, no, you know, we can't exercise because we have type 1. And I'm like, that, that's really sad because that just means that you've not been exposed to enough people who actually show that they can do that or even have a medical professional who tell you that you can do that. Um, so, and it's two ways, right? One thing is whatever I share, even if it's, hey, I vacuumed today, guess what happened? You probably all know that went low for the most part, right? Because that's the evil, like cleaning fairies 
making sure that we all drop during, ex uh, during cleaning, but um, people share other things and I learn every day, which is just, I learn that I'm not alone. I learn practical things about how to manage my diabetes and I just connect. I say you don't, you can choose to, you know, go through life with diabetes alone, but you don't have to. Awesome. <laughs> that was really good. Um, yeah, so when I was uh, diagnosed with diabetes, it was a, um, I think it was around 96, 97, so we're kind of like diabetes on that, so. Social media things, I, I guess, right there is what we're doing. So. Um, yeah, so I was diagnosed with uh, type 1, um, like I said, almost 22 years ago. And obviously the technology, like you mentioned, was completely different. No cell phones, um, none of that. And then eventually um, this thing called Instagram, I think in oh, 2000, probably around 2006 is probably when I got on Instagram, like really, really early in there. Like, really early. So, um, of course, naturally, I decide to start looking for, like, hashtag diabetes, right? And when you do that, it's usually type 2 diabetes, I found out. And I was like, oh, this is, this is different, nothing to relate to. Um, you know, but my, my whole thing through through almost 20 years of having type 1, um, I, like, I like that you just said that. I've never thought about in that perspective of choosing to be alone. Um, I didn't have the outlet of the internet necessarily, and it was very difficult. You know, I'd see sometimes I would see like when we're traveling, like some like uh, little sugar tester strips on the ground, like randomly on the side of the road, or something like, oh my gosh, there was a type one right here. Like, this is crazy. Oh, I'm so connected right now. You know, if somebody gets it, somebody else gets it, you know, and so it's like, it was kind of that moment of like, man, I definitely felt really alone, and I began to like just shell myself off in that aloneness, where it was just like, this is just my life. You know, it's really depressing, and I'm really bummed out, and it sucks. Nobody really gets it that I'm around in my circles. Everybody's chowing down on pizza, and I'm going, this is going to kill me. Um, you know, there was no CGMs. There was none of that kind of stuff. So uh, that was like the first whole part. And then, of course, like I think probably like maybe seven years ago now, um, I, I got this new doctor who was like, oh my gosh, you got to check this out. They're talking about doing a continuous glu glu glucose monitor. I'm like, what is a CGM? I don't even get what that means. <laughs> whoa, you know, so whoa, whoa, no making fun of Texas. Dude, accents. I'm in Texas. I had yeah, to do it, bro. Right. I had to do it. I was like in my head. Uh, like, don't, do let him, do don't let him bully you guys, okay? I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I live in Southern California, but I'm from Michigan, so I'm kind of a country boy a little bit, too. So Kind of. Not so. But anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, it was, it was through this whole process of like, whoa, my diagnosis was intense, caught me off guard. I held on to those negative feelings for so long, felt completely alone. All of a sudden, like I said, Instagram comes out. And I start searching more and start searching type 1 diabetic, and I find this thing called Night Scout, believe it or not. I used to hack together the Android phone, uh, the Pebble Watch, if anybody remembers back then doing all that, and I would have my Dexcom readings on my Pebble Watch before the Apple Watch was even out. Um, that was kind of my first initial experience with, whoa, there's a whole other world out here that I had no idea even, even existed. Uh, years continue on. My family and I, we start a clothing brand called Sly Fox Threads. Uh, we were like, hey, this is going really cool, and it's all over social media. It was kind of an Instagram brand that was growing. We're like, we should start a YouTube channel. Um, we started a YouTube channel called Sly Fox Family. Um, with a, we've been on it for four years now, full time. Um, we have 1.6 million followers, so you guys can, or subscribers, you guys can go check us out there. Um, and we're doing that full time, and then people started saying to me, they started seeing my Dexcom on my arm in the comments, like, oh my gosh, I'm a type one also. And I'm like, whoa, what? Like we have, somehow, somehow, somehow you guys were finding us, which is amazing. 
Um, and then I started getting like more like, oh my gosh, maybe my wife was encouraging me, some friends were like, you should start creating content that also is exclusively about your diabetes. So um, I started to do that and that community started to get a little bit bigger. Then of course I went back to Instagram. This is way years later, this is about two years ago. Um, and I found a guy named um, David, which I reached out to. And of course, how could I miss Rob over here? <laughs> so I found Rob. Rob was one of the first diabetics uh, that I also met on like the the uh, social media platform. Reached out to Rob, and we just started connecting and talking. Uh, I think even before I met Rob, I was like, "You're a pretty big guy. What are you like six seven? You remember that conversation? I do. I can't. <laughs> I can't ever for, forget like fellow tall internet people. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Oh, dude, I'm pre I'm pretty tall too, man, but I'm not as tall as Rob." So um, that's kind of how my whole process was to get into that. Um, but I do want to say this before I because I'm rambling on. I'm kind of giving you a lot of years right here and 20 years in, in like two seconds. But um, one thing that I did learn is. I knew nothing really about diabetes through almost 20 years from my diagnosis on, other than how to hack together a, a CGM on my or thing, you know, to read my on my watch. But I learned that the diabetes community helped bring me through 20 years in like warp speed to all of a sudden, whoo, whoa! There's these little pouches called Transcend Foods that I can carry around with me everywhere that I have in my pocket right now, right? Like there's all these little adhesive patches and there's all these things that help to make the type one lifestyle better right so my diabetes fits my lifestyle versus me fitting that in a sense like i've always done um and then also there was a freedom in being able to say publicly like yeah i have type one man today sucked I, my sugars have been low, low 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 right but hey today is great because like i realized it was low but i overcame that and i had the tools to be able to do it and now i feel empowered right so that's kind of like what i do um i think oh you you're uh you're mentioning that um it my my whole social thing is not 100 percent diabetes but it's such a huge part of my life so it's it's intertwined through everything i do cool thank you guys for sharing the stories i think there are a couple of things that i want to uh, address with all of you guys because i heard it more than once from this group is uh this sort of feeling that your story doesn't matter uh and i think that overcoming that fear and like it's imposter syndrome and maybe generational i don't know but your story does matter and that is often the first way to opt into this online community, whether it's Instagram or Twitter or Facebook groups or whatever the case is, your story matters and who you are and where you come from and how you got diabetes. There's, you know, I always see heads shaking up and down when it's like, yeah, I was peeing all the time or I was losing weight. It's like, you know, we all know, or I couldn't sleep or I went to bed and I was 20 years old. It's like, those are very relatable things for people in this room. Uh, outside of that, you might get some strange looks like, uh, even with this hoodie on, I always forget I'm wearing it when I leave events like this and I'm going through the airport and people are like looking at me strange. I'm like, oh yeah, I have diabetic across my chest. That makes sense. Um, uh, speaking of, uh, there, there is like sometimes an association and we get questions at events like this of like being a public diabetes personality makes it seem like everything's super good all the time. Uh, and she was just showing me her low blood sugar. Uh, I'm currently having low blood sugar. So if you have a juice box out there, please toss it my way right now. Uh, would appreciate it. I see you moving. She's moving quick. She's got something here. So, um, yes, Capri Sun. Thank you. Um, we will take a picture later. Uh, thank you. This is, this is great. Um, wow. Thank you. Awesome. Wow. Fruit punch too. Whew, spoiled. Um, so I, would love, uh, before I, before I mash this juice or this, uh, Capri Sun and take it to the face, um, I, I wanted to share something that for personally from my experience of, being in the diabetes community, and then something I learned at an ADA scientific sessions a few years ago, uh, where in, at the ADA conference, it's mostly doctors. So there's not a whole lot of patients there. So I got this very cool privilege behind the scenes of like all of the inner workings of diabetes technology and all this cool news stuff. 
uh, and they have a poster session, which is mostly science, and I am a notable idiot. So uh, most of the information was like way over my head, way above my pay grade. But I did see something that said, T1D blogs and social media. And I was like, I know that. Uh, let me go there and talk and see what's going on. So they had surveyed uh, a small number of people with diabetes, almost like 5,000, I think. Uh, and there was a simple survey. It was, are you involved with diabetes blogs and social media? Yes or no? Um, God, that feedback is like so intricate and killing me. alarms? Uh, it could be both. Uh, crank those alarm volumes up. I want to hear them in here. Um, but then it was the other question was, what is your A1C? Like, and rating the numbers. 100%, like unequivocal, 100% of the people who answered yes to the are you involved with diabetes blogs and social media had a better A1C outcome than people that answered no. Uh, again, small study, there are inferences to be made. I'm not suggesting that uh, this will absolutely help you. But for me personally, I had those, uh, those experiences as well. So I would look at my numbers from the day I started diabetics doing things to the day that uh, you know, I was reading the study. It was like a two-year period. And my trends were, my A1C had gone down. My time and range had gone up. I learned things from the diabetes community and from having uh, people talk about diabetes and for, to be able to absorb from other experts. And as you guys know, we're not doctors, but we live with this every day. And so it can be pretty, uh, we get some trip, tricks and tips that we all can share with each other. And that helped me. And I'm very fortunate my A1C has always been relatively in range but uh, has, it is unequivocally better today than when it was when I opted into the diabetes community. So that is my spiel. So my question to you guys, um, what's something that's surprising or interesting that you've learned since, op since opting in and sharing your story in the diabetes community? And whoever wants to, whoever feels compelled can start that off. I would say uh, for me, like one of the things I didn't expect was to find a community that I connected with online and then all of a sudden now I'm here at events <laughs> yeah. and now I'm meeting these people that I talk to all the time, but also the sense of family. Um, you know what I mean? It's like you, you, you meet each other once and all of a sudden it's a, we're, we're like family. You know what I mean? It's like, we just are like, yeah, I, I guess I never expected that. I expected like, Oh cool. I'm going to reach out and say, Hey, and we can talk about like diabetes a little bit, but it's like, it turns into like way more than that. And then you want to be a part of it and you want to kind of give back. Yeah. Like I feel like you start off when you're like, let me get something like you mentioned. It's like, let me get something because I'm in need. And then all of a sudden you start getting that and you're like, oh my gosh, this is overflowing. Let me give back to you. You know, you know a thing that I found is, you all right there? Yeah, it's good. good. <laughs> um, you know, on, especially on Instagram, um, you tend to want to put your best self out there or what you perceive to be your best self out there. You're never like, oh, I look like hot trash in this picture. Let me post it. Let me let, me let the world see me first thing in the morning or whatever. Um, you do want to like put your best foot forward. I find on Instagram, the people that I follow, um, I get the most from them when they post their um, non-successes. I don't want to say failures. But when, when they are super high or when they did just survive like a super low. I, it's great that like if you are if you just did a long run and you're at 100, that's fantastic. And I've definitely posted mine because I'm proud of it. But it's also, I think, really important and really useful to post the times when you didn't do as well. Um, because for those of us who are so, kind of new with it, um, we need to see the people who stumbled and are still alive. You know, we need to see the, 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 the 400 that you got through and then you got up the next day and you got on about your business. It's, it's you know, this is one instance in which posting um, your failures is much more useful than posting your successes. I would agree. I feel like 
not only do I make it a habit to post my good stuff, but my low stuff as well. And I'll talk about this example. So one time I was doing Zumba, I love my little dance classes as a workout, and I just went low. Like I had to leave the class, I went into my car and I just did an Instagram Live. And that was the most engagement I've ever received. It was me being real, I was snot coming down my nose, sweat, and I was just crying, just reaching out for help for my diabetic community. And people reached out and they were like, oh my God, I can relate and thank you so much. But I feel like if you're real with yourself and not only showing what he just said, the good stuff, show the bad stuff for the new diabetics out there, they can relate, they can reach out if they have questions. But also too, like sometimes I DM my friends and be like, hey, well, my diabetic friends, I'm like, how many carbs is in a pizza? Because no one ever really knows. And so you can read all the, the box all you want, but just reaching out and feeling comfortable to to those and DMing, messaging, commenting and stuff like that. I feel like we are a family and I feel like we, everyone knows each other online, but like when you see them, you get so excited. Like I just mentioned this with Austin. I'm like, I feel like I know you, but um, we met in person and like it's that connection that I really love. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the things that surprised me the most is how much of community that's actually out there. Um, kind of what I mentioned is I didn't really start my Instagram account because I thought, okay, now I'm going to go out and look for community. It was kind of just, it came, honestly, it came with the website. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this. And then I found everyone. I'm like, this is amazing. Um, and I think one of the things that I really realized, which I, I focus a lot on like providing information because that's what I do. Um, and one of the things I, I was really surprised about was uh, also the difference in what we all know but just that we all know so many different things also means that we can support each other and again I keep to always talking about exercise because that's my thing um, but just like I was talking to someone just before the sessions that said that her mom had never been told for something that exercise can make blood sugars go up only that they can come down and then learning stuff like that you know from your peers it should be part of whatever education we get but it's not but you learn from your peers. And just having that knowledge means that you can go out, be more successful in your diabetes life as a professional type one. Um, yeah. Wanna add? Nope. You start. <laughs> cool. Um, so a question that I get quite a bit um, is especially at events like this where we all, like I think we can all agree, we're here hearing inspiring messages or we're meeting friends. Like we're, we've never been more gung-ho about our diabetes. Uh, except for like days like today, which are super important. Like these are those peak moments where it's like, hey, like, oh, I have diabetes too. Like this is so cool. Like I'm getting very motivated. I'm going to start a blog. I'm going to start a YouTube channel. I'm going to start a podcast. Like it's all going to happen. And then like tomorrow you're like, wait, I got to go back to work. And like, my, you know, diabetes is here. It's like my life is uh, is busy. Um, for people who are in here and they're like, wow, like this is really cool. I'd love to share my story. I'd love to get started. Uh, what advice would you have for them? Like what is the, what do you think a good way for them to do that would be? Or, uh, you know, what would you tell a person like that? Or tell yourself like that if you went back in time? Whoever can, whoever feels compelled. What I always say, I speak sometimes at um, YouTube events, and like the biggest thing that I always tell everybody, <laughs> and it's, it's this is why I tell myself too, is um, don't overthink it and just start. You know, if if you have like like Rob mentioned, um, like everybody's story matters, and you absolutely bring something to the table, and there's enough people on the internet where you can connect with whatever size niche you have. You know, so. Um, that's usually my biggest advice is always just just start creating like people ask me all the time like How did you like what what like what made you like? How did you like grow this YouTube channel? I'm like I started 
<laughs> I just started posting, you know, and that's really all it comes down to is like, just start posting and you'll figure out your voice, you'll figure out your message and all those kinds of things. And maybe you get lucky and you already know that kind of stuff, but it's just a matter of just, just get started. And I love that you guys mentioned the same thing and I try to do the same thing where I don't always post you know, on Instagram uh, of my great blood sugars, right? I make sure I post like the serious stuff too. Also, it doesn't have to be your entire presence, I think is Absolutely. kind of important. You don't need to, um, by posting once about it, it's not like, okay, well, this is all I am now. It, it can be, you can work it into yeah. the profile that you, and, and the following that you already have. Um, and then, you know, if people respond to it, then great. But it, it, yeah, it doesn't have to, you're not like locked into a diabetic online identity for the rest of your life. It's there if you want it. It can be a part of you as it is. It's actually, it's, it's a really good point. One of the things I always say to tell, to tell people is you can also just lurk. I know that's a, not a good word, but you don't have to post anything. Actually, you can just have, like we all focus on it. I love Instagram. Instagram is the most po positive platform in my opinion. Um, Twitter is a little more negative, I would Toxic say. Toxic and awful. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I actually deleted my Twitter app. The word dumpster fire comes to mind. <laughs> But for the most part, what I found on Instagram is that the diabetes community is really, really inclusive and really, I would say positive. You can post, you can post your bad days and still be positive, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I would say even if you decide to lurk, just do that. Just go on there, search the hashtags diabetes, type 1D, diabetes, whatever. <laughs> um, and you can find some really cool accounts and just follow along. And then if you want to start dipping your toes more into it, start posting, right? And not everybody has to, well, not everybody has to be an Instagram personality or whatever we want to call it to, you know, use Instagram and really get a good experience out of it. Yeah, I agree with everyone. Um, I, for me, I built a separate account. So I have a personal account and then a living diabetic Instagram. And I felt like I wanted to at first keep my life very separate. Like I wanted to post everything about diabetes, workout, nutrition on living diet better, but I still wanted to post, you know, going out. I mean, you can still go out, but I'm just saying, if you want somewhere to start, you can just create a separate account. Or um, for me, having a mass communications background, I wanted to be a news reporter. So at first, everything I was posting on my living and diet better account was very robotic and like, and three, two, one, and we're live. like news personalities so <laughs> looking back i'm like you don't have to like be robotic you don't have to memorize a script just be you be yourself and so and people can relate with that more so just start somewhere even if it's like what she was saying just commenting or following if you're joining jdrf be the social media person for the day just start somewhere get involved and do you yeah. and know that uh whatever it is that you post um if you decide to post something um, you are in, you are going to make a difference in somebody's life. You are going to inspire somebody for the simple fact that you are alive. Like some, somebody needs to see that, you know, uh, there's somebody in this world who's gonna, who's gonna search the die badass hashtag or whatever. If you're the person who comes up, you're a living person who proves that anything is possible. And as somebody who recently needed to see that, I would, uh, I would encourage you to do that. I totally agree. And I think um, I get really good feedback when I say this at events, like diabetes sucks. Like let's not tiptoe around it. It's terrible. Like if we didn't have it, like it would be awesome. Right. So uh, a, there's organizations like JDRF who are working to uh, fund a cure for T 
T1D, which is awesome. Uh, and until we get there, uh, just know that it's okay to like hate diabetes sometimes. Like it's okay to feel burnt out and overwhelmed or unsupported. Like those are super normal human emotions. And I feel those and I know everybody up here feels them as well. So um, yeah, get started. I'd, I'd say also don't compare your day one with somebody else's day 1,100. Um, I talked about changing metrics, like help one person is a whole lot easier than get 1.6 million subscribers. Uh, so start there. Um, if you go listen to episode one of diabetics doing things, I guarantee you, it sounds like hot trash. Uh, it, I spoke through my compute old computer microphone and my friend from Ireland Skyped in and I don't know how the technology worked, but it did. And nobody really complained. Uh, maybe some people still have an opportunity to, but all that to say is, uh, you can still get by without, you know, professional equipment or training or, you know, thinking it, everything doesn't have to be super curated. Um, you can just get started and who knows where you'd end up. Maybe you'll be, you know, speaking at one of these events or you'll make a difference in someone's life, uh, or just be a good friend or help yourself. So my goal was to help one person. Uh, some days that person is me, uh, some days it's other people. And, uh, you know, that's what keeps me going. So, okay. We have about 15 minutes left. Uh, in this session, and I also love questions from you guys. Uh, they are always better than questions that I can come up with. So I'd like to open up the floor, uh, and we will. I will walk around with a microphone, and oh, okay, uh, Melissa is going to walk around with our microphone. She's our handy dandy microphone. Um, so uh, we'll give you guys the mic. Please try to keep your questions uh, as brief as possible, so that we can try to cover everybody in the remaining time we have left and get good answers from our awesome uh, panel members. So uh, let's raise those hands high, and we'll get this thing rolling. So my name's Shannon. Hi, welcome. To, thank you. I just wanted to reiterate what Andrew said. Um, I was diagnosed in '92, and so for the first 20 years, I thought I had it under control, knew what I was doing, but I didn't know anybody that was diabetic. My mom introduced me to one guy who was her um, hair guy. He died from not taking care of himself. So I'm like, whoa, that's what's going to happen, you know? Then I got online, started searching, and just overwhelmed by how many people were out there. So I started blogging about eight and a half, almost nine years ago, and it was life-changing. Just to know that you're not the only person that has a crappy day, that wakes up low even though you did what you were supposed to do the night before. Um, it was just life-changing. So I was just going to reiterate what, what you guys said, and thank you all for what y'all are doing and saying. Thank you. You know, yesterday, uh, I was I flew here and I had a layover in Las Vegas and I went to the airport bar to have a beer and the bartender saw my, uh, my Dexcom uh, on my phone. And he was like, oh, hey, me too. And he had been, he was somebody who had been diagnosed in, in childhood. And um, I'm saying this because this is somebody who has lived with type one for decades. And um, and his doctor at the time was just like, have some insulin and then eat food and try not to go low and uh, have a nice day. And that, that was kind of it. So we were just talking about stuff because at the time he was very high. And I was like, well, what's your correction ratio? And he was like, I, I don't, you're going to have to speak English. I don't know what that means. And just, just basic stuff that I, I was like, I went right into the data when I was diagnosed. He didn't, and I, there's a whole big world out there that he can like learn about and learn what a you know carb to insulin unit ratio is, and it exists online. So they, they, I, I, he's got three full cocktail napkins full of people to follow, and I hope that he does. Um, but I, I say this because I think there is a world of people uh, in in middle age and beyond who just sort of 
got you know a pat on the back and then you know do do insulin and and try not to die from their doctor and that was all the information they got so we as people who are living with it can provide a lot more cool next next question um so my wife is the type one in our family and one of the things that always surprises me is um how little people that were in her life from before she was a type one know about her type one diabetes like they're like We'll be at a birthday party and she'll be eating cake and they'll be like, can you eat cake? Mm -hmm. And they're kind of these basic things that people that have been around in your life from before your diagnosis don't know. And I just wanted to ask um, what y'all's experiences has been with sharing stuff from your diabetic life back into your what we call normal life or or non-diabetic life. Yeah, so um, I have a sister. And I've known her my whole life, believe that. <laughs> so uh, we've known each other a long time. And uh, as I, over the last year or two that I started being more vocal about diabetes online, um, she starts asking me all these questions. I'm like, what? I'm like, I have been your brother your whole life. I'm like, you don't know these things about me? And I'm like, that's it. That's it. We're not talking anymore. But it's funny that, it's funny that you mentioned that because it'll be those types of situations, right? Uh, my son's birthday party. I've got friends that I've had friends for years, and right, I said, you know what? Funfetti cake. I like funfetti cake. I'm going for it, right? I'm going for it. So, I take it. I take a. I take a, th- a thin slice, and that's just because a personal preference of carbs jack me up, and I don't like to feel messed up. It's not that we can't have it. It's just something I learned about myself. So I, t- I take it. I take it. Okay, a decent size. It was a decent size, right? And uh, as I'm eating that, I can feel all the judging eyes, bro. I'm like, people are looking at me. I see my mother-in-law looking like, oh, so much for that low carb. And I'm like, whatever. You know, but anyway, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that. Because like, even like my sister, who she was there when I was diagnosed um, almost 22 years ago. And she, and she still doesn't know certain things, right? My mom, she knows. But my sister, she doesn't know. I agree. I feel like my father-in-law and my dad, my dad was there throughout all of the classes. He knows well, he's supposed to know like what to do in certain situations, but he still asked me random questions. He's like, did you inject when you were, you know, high and low and like just stuff that does not make sense. And like at birthday parties or family events or holidays, he one time took the cake out of my hand and was like, you don't need that. You're going to go low. I'm like, you mean hi? Like it was just, like he doesn't know the right terms, but you just have to you know shake it off. Um, I've gotten to the point where you know education does not work for him, so you just I'm okay, Dad. Just leave it alone. I'm fine. And so, but it's also it's very it's also very complex, right? We have to sometimes also when people come up and ask us like ignorant questions on the street or whatever or at parties, etc. We have to also I think we have to let some of it slide because we can't expect everyone to know type one. I will say, um, so my example is, actually it was last summer, so my dad has been married to this lovely woman for about 10 years, but that means we've never lived in the same house. And they came to visit, um, and they were hanging out with my husband and I for, for a good week. At one point she turns to me, and she's like, oh my gosh, I did not realize how much work diabetes actually is. I thought it was just taking a shot. But you're like, because I was walking her through it, going like, so, you know, we're going for a hike later. We're eating this. We are out. Okay, so I don't necessarily know the carb count because we're eating out. I'm going later, so I need to reduction. All these things with walking it through it, and it's super complex, right? So I think pick your battles. I would say choose when it's worth to just say, "Hey, Dad, fine," <laughs> or you know, say, "Hey, bonus mom," 
you know, this is this is what it is. Um, but again, can't probably not expect everyone to know. Uh, so we have five minutes left. We're going to take one more question. So this is uh, perfect. Thank you guys for sharing. Alrighty. Um, so I have a question for people who have tubes. I have a tandem, and I love it because it's just awesome. But I am a dancer, so I uh, dance at school for about 45, an hour, 45 minutes a day. And it's really, really difficult because tandems, they only go for 20 minutes without, you know, screaming because of their separation anxiety. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, and then, you know, my teacher screams because she's like, whose phone is that? Let me take it. And I'm like, okay, well, okay. Um, so uh, I was just wondering, like, how do you move around and stuff without your tandem falling out of your pocket or catching on to something? Like, it's just so difficult. Spy belt. Spy belt. That would be the short answer to that. <laughs> so I know uh, ladies with diabetes have a tough time with tubed pumps, I think. Uh, but at the same time, they are po it is possible. Uh, there's, like Spy belts are good for exercise. I wear, this is a shameless plug, I do work with this company and they do give me free stuff. But they make these leggings and like workout compression that I put my pump in. And so I play basketball with it on. And I, you know, am still good with it. Like I can still play at a very high level. And I, that was something I never thought I'd be able to do. Um, so I think there are, even Lululemon makes some really cool leggings now. Like they have pockets on the outside. Um, the company that I work with is called Woloco. Um, but, you know, there, there are some hacks. I think a big thing as an athlete or, or an artist and dancer um, is have the conversations up front to advocate for yourself about like things that you may need. Uh, or things that'll happen, like my pump may go off. Um, I remember being in college, and my college coach, like I took myself out of a practice, um, and my college coach was uh, did not a did not like me, and b was very old school, and c had this shrill, high pitched voice when he would yell. So I took myself out to get some Gatorade, and he was like, "Is that all I can get out of you, Rob?" And that's exactly what he sounds like. Uh, and at the time, I was like, "I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just need like five minutes to like get my sugar back in order." Um, and I think like those moments were very difficult, especially when there's other people, other dancers or teammates who you love and care about, but also who don't really understand what you have to deal with and balance. So try to do your best to find a way to, to keep that pump close to you and, and on you, uh, but also make sure that you're doing the work with your people who are in charge, with your coach and with your other dancers who they know that you may have to step out or you may have to go reconnect. And like, that's just part of the the unique perspective that you bring as a person with diabetes and uh it's a cool gift and i think like i would encourage everybody if you're like like trying to go to college or you're playing sports or you're uh, you know talking about high school coaches or you're really recently diagnosed or teachers the, the hard conversation of like working up the car the courage to talk tell them face to face that uh, you're going to need a little bit of extra care and a little bit of special treatment will help you a lot in, in the long run um, whether you wear a tube pump or you have a, you know, a spy belt or you're on MDI or you, you know, or high, you know, working to how do, how do you work your Dexcom into your prom dress? I mean, these are all things that you've got to figure out. Um, and I think being upfront will, will always serve you in the long run. So uh, for those who are listening at home uh, and can't hear like, uh, 
parents also with with Dexcom share and alarms on the phones like uh, diabetes affects more than just us it affects our partners who don't have it uh, my fiance this morning was waking me up because my pump needed a calibration and it wakes doesn't wake me up I'm used to hearing it but it wakes her up uh, so I, I wake up and she's in a bad mood and I'm in really in the in the shit at that point pardon my French um, so yes, uh, there there are you know al alarms that Dexcom low alarm sounds like uh, James Bond like layers being broken into and you're gonna have to murder some people. Uh, we're getting the time. I'm getting the call back from here, but uh, be sure to tell people, advocate for yourself, one person at a time. Uh, thank you guys again for being here today. Thank you to JDRF Dallas for uh, giving us this platform. Uh, everybody's going to be up here for a little bit uh, as we make the connection to the next talks. Uh, but please follow all these people. Uh, they're friends of mine. My life is better because I know them. Uh, and I think yours would, be, would benefit from it as well. So thank you guys uh, very much. Thank you, Ralph. Yes, if you are a teen in this room, uh, please come up front uh, down here. We will uh, escort you to your next stop. Thank you so much for listening. I am doing these types of live pods when I go and speak at JDRF and ADA events throughout the country. So once we're through this COVID-19 coronavirus lockdown, I'm going to resume my speaking and this will continue to be a part of what I do and what I offer. It was a lot of fun. We always get really cool questions and it's just always really cool to sit on stage with awesome people telling their stories. So if you like this, tell your JDRF chapter and outreach manager to book me and introduce me via email and we'll make this thing happen. Thanks guys.